Hello, Trombone Internet. This is Chris Van Hoff, assistant to the regional manager of the International Trombone Festival. We at the festival, of course, are huge fans of the pod, and we are really excited to invite you to attend this year's 2024 International Trombone Festival at TCU in Fort Worth, Texas. Dave Begnosh is our host. We have the world premiere of a brand new double concerto for trombone and piano with the Fort Worth Symphony. We have the American Brass Quintet. We have late night jazz featuring a Latin jam session. Like everything is happening, all the cast will be there. It's the best hang in the world, and we hope to see you there. You can register for the festival still online at www.internationaltrombonefestival.com, and it's happening the last week of May. So go register. We'll see you in Texas. Welcome to the Trombone Retreat, podcast of the Third Coast Trombone Retreat. Today on the podcast, we talk to Koichiro Yamamoto, principal trombonist of the Seattle Symphony. My name is Sebastian Vera, and I'm joined as always by Nick Schwartz, hanging out in St. Louis today. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Please. I would like to take all the pollen in the world and punch it in its teeth. Uh, Pollen is making my life miserable right now. But that's okay. I'm in St. Louis, and it's a lovely city. So I didn't know pollen had teeth. Mm, in my mind, it does. It's because it bites. I feel very lucky. For some reason, I've never really had bad allergies. I only started getting them when I was 19 years old. I didn't have them at all before then. Uh, and now it's like, this year has been tough because I started in New York with pollen season, and then went to Michigan and relived their pollen season. And now I'm in Missouri for their pollen season. I believe it's Missouri. We're in the Missouri part. If you go down to this, where like Ozark, Ozark. takes place, <laughs> that's uh that's Missouri. <laughs> if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe everywhere. You download your podcasts. We are there. It was really fun hanging out with Co and hearing his story. And man, I can't wait to hang out with him in person at the 2021 third coast trombone retreat. Wait, repeat that part again. 2021 Third Coast Trombone Retreat happening August 15th through 21st. And it's in person, live and in person. I think this might be the first. Everyone that follows us on social media has has seen our announcements. If you don't, uh, we're officially having our Third Coast Trombone Retreat. We're really excited. We had to be really creative and figure out a lot of things to make this happen, and it's going to be great, and we're super excited about it. We have Koichiro Yamamoto, of course, that you're going to hear today that's going to be there, and we'll also be joined by John Romero, principal trombonist of the Metropolitan Opera. And, you know... it. John, obviously great at the trombone, but he also has enough hair for the both of us, Sebastian. There you go. There you yeah. go. So the so so recitals, master classes, lessons, chamber music, trombone choir, and special talks. It's it's a beautiful, really personal environment. It's right on Lake Michigan. You have white sand beaches. It looks like the ocean. You have deer running around and dense forests. We keep it really small and personal so that everyone gets a real personal experience. Scholarships are available. There's free housing and airport pickup. For everything that you need to know about it, check out TromboneRetreat.com. And don't forget that there's fires to be bond. There's bees to be tossed. And there's sacks to be hackied. 
All right. We do all those things at retreat. Maybe not hacky sack, but we do toss the bee. Ha- have we? I think someone busted out a hacky sack last year or two summers ago. It might have been. Uh, it might have been old uh, Shark Eyes Tim Maines. It's probably you know if you have kids come from Oberlin, you just assume that there's going to be hacky sack. You know. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you come from Oberlin, we do require at least every other day showers. So. And you have to wear shoes. Oh, we're going to get so no, much Oberlin no. hate. Actually, no, there have been some Oberlin people that don't wear shoes around. So <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty low key. We're okay with no shoes. So this episode is supported by Houghton Horns. Koichiro Yamamoto actually has a really awesome warm up and routine book called Coherent Warm Up Drills and Routines for Trombone. Co K O dash Herent. And it's actually really cool. We, we got to see some of his warm-up classes at the retreat last summer and it was really really thoughtful and really cool so in addition to koitro's excellent book they have lots of materials a lot of etude books solo material they have mouthpieces mutes and trombones and they have offered a very generous discount of 10 percent off the entire site excluding pre-owned and sale items with the code retreat but I, that's a fantastic deal. Unbelievable. So if you're looking to buy a mouthpiece, looking to buy a, a mute that you've been looking at, now is the time. 10% off. It's a fantastic deal. You know, I'm no mathematician, but if you bought something that cost $1,000 and a, applied the offer code retreat, all lowercase, I mean, that would be... At least $7 off. At least. Maybe even more. What? I'm going to need to get out my abacus. You gotta find some way to mention an abacus in every episode. Yeah. We haven't talked about our hate for the euphonium in a while. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Sebastian. How you doing? How's it going? I'm great. You tried to show off, or you're like a little, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's got his Peloton back there. He'll tell you all about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, hey, I shaved today, so. Ooh. Oh, good, good. We we insist that all of our guests are clean shaven. I, absolutely. How you doing, man? Well, like, thank you so much for having me, dude. Yeah, yeah it, it looks could... really cool with your video. It's like portrait mode, like blurry in the background. Oh yeah, it's really cheap, man. Do you know how much you like how much you and I spend? Uh, how much money I spend for the camera? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm from Japan. Don't discriminate about camera, okay? <laughs> I can say it. I can say I'm it. I'm not taking that. One. I can say it. I can say it. Come on, bring it on, man. <laughs> no, it's I like, think it uh, was $120. No, $34. $34? Basically, I'm using like my iPhone. You know, even though like, you spend like $300 for the webcam, it's still like a, the resolution is terrible. And uh, my iPhone 11 Pro, whatever the stuff, you know, it's better picture resolution. So I decided to use this one that's all the time. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, my um, pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. So uh, first things first, you know, we're excited both to have you on the podcast, but we're excited to have you in person at the Tremone Retreat this summer. Yes. I'm so excited about it too. Yeah. It's gonna we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. So so how do you feel you're, you know, you talk about, you know. Are we, are not, we started already? Are oh, we started? yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, sleek. We sneak in. Okay. I'm sweating. How do I look? How do I look? <laughs> yeah. How do I look? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry. first yeah. of all, this isn't videotaped. Maybe, maybe later on, but I'd be curious, you know, you're talking about, you know, we've all kind of been sick of, or at least missing 
performing for audiences. It, it's really cool. All the technology that we've all kind of been forced to learn and, and been creative, but it's it's been tough without an audience. Like, how do you feel your motivation has been this year practicing and getting getting up for things? Actually, was good, 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 good. You know, quite honest with you, was well, like when was the last time I played? You know, the symphony was the March eleventh. That was a weird experience. You know, we are rehearsing uh, check five. That was Wednesday. I remember clearly uh, because you know uh, the first rehearsal was Tuesday morning, and the second rehearsal, of course, Wednesday morning. We are rehearsing. We're kind of get uh, anxious about what's going to be happening because you know already heard the news. And the state of Washington, actually, twenty miles from my house, from here, it's it's called a you know, city name, uh, a town called okay, Cogland. So that's what you know, the really the first COVID victim was discovered. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the really the first case we discovered was in the state of Washington, which is just you know ten miles outside of the uh, Seattle, you know, nursing home. So like we heard the news, is breaking news every five minutes, and we you know we are kind of anxious about it. You know, are we gonna shut down? You know, we're gonna do quarantine. What's gonna What's going on? What's going on? So uh, we all showed up on a Wednesday morning rehearsal, and that was one of the best check five I ever played in my life because everybody kind of knew it was coming, and our French home player, like a principal French home player, you know, he had a wonderful solo, almost like a recording. You know, like a quality, wonderful solo on the second movement. So, like, I think like everybody's uh, kind of anxious. Also, like, I got so much emotion into it, even though it's just a rehearsal. Uh, just was for, you know last day, and the same night, and uh, our tour player was having like birthday, so we went out. So we kind of joke about it. When is the next time we're gonna see each other? Like in the Ritz Hummer tonight, just to, you know, drink as much as we want. <laughs> yeah. We- we not we might not get to be, be able to play for a couple weeks. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like maybe you know we're joking about yeah, soon in May, you know, like soon in June, maybe soon in like a summer, you know, something like that. Wow, what happened? You know, we we didn't get to see each other until September. We started playing like a you know, small side orchestra, of course, you know, uh, streaming concert only. Uh, we when you know the, our symphony went to back to work like a September with small size, uh, you know, trombones. They didn't pick like a like a big repertoire like uh, three trombones. Most of the stuff like a one trombone. Biggest thing that we did was Beethoven five and the Schubert eighth. So that's the big thing. The biggest thing that we did like this season really depressing. You know, we we're supposed to go like a Japan tour, China tour mm. with uh, Mahler five and all the good repertoires for the trombones. Yeah, it's it's bummed. Also, um, uh, right before the pandemic, I was supposed to go to like, South Korea. Uh, not the North one, that's South Korea. I'm uh, doing the summer concerts and playing in the, yeah, <laughs> some orchestra concerts and the, some clinics and last class, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, just regular pre pandemic thing. So, so had, you, had you toured with to Japan with the Seattle Symphony before? Uh, no, this was the first uh, time. This was supposed to be the first time. I was really excited about it, you sure. know. Get to go and, home, yeah, get home with my own my orchestra. Um, uh, but that plant just. You know, up in, you know, everything up in the air because of the pandemic. Of course, when everybody in the same boat. Also, in the month of March, I had a couple international students came into my town. And that's what's kind of scary because, you know, they were, you know, freaked out. You know, and every five minutes, they started hearing, like, you know, uh, scary news. The breaking news, like, every five minutes. It's borders going to be closed. You know, are we safe? 
So, uh, taking care of them myself, like my family, uh, I still had to like uh, take care of like a three international students. That was quite a bit challenge. But we trying to stay you know, positive. Actually, um, uh, motivation, practicing. I know like some people took like a long, you know, a long time off. I wish I could do it. Actually, I didn't do it. I took maybe three days off during the summertime. Oh. Then, like, I came, you know, and you know, here and there, I took one day off. Uh, maybe last month, two days off. I'm so afraid, like, I, you know, let my chops go. The during the season, like, oh yeah, three days off. Yeah, I I need a rest. Something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> during the season, I wasn't less worried about it. I don't know why, but during the pandemic, I think the playing the music. Playing the music and associated with the people doesn't matter. You know, Zoom lessons doesn't matter. Just you know, like a little master class and like through it onto Zoom. That gave me like a, you know so much motivation. So every time like some university private group like I say, hey, can you step by? They're gonna just like talk to us. They're gonna do the master class. I was so excited. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's the greatest thing you know, like I have this month. <laughs> yeah, oh. this is the greatest thing you know, I have this week. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this. So I, I love doing this. You know, actually, you know, like I communicate with people, associate with people, and talk about the music and the trombone. Yeah, bring it on. So in terms of motivation, I launched online-based school from October. So we had uh, 19 guests. Also, like uh, I, in the highest number, I got uh, the participants. I'm like in monthly. Uh, it's okay. Monthly based online school. It's called like a T Bone School of Japan. And basically, like I do like a three to four master classes, an hour and a half each other. And each each time, I picked a topic. For example, how to practice Bordoni, how to practice the Ballard, how to warm up. You know, let's talk mm. about embouchure. Let's talk about again, like articulation. All the things I cannot do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all the things like I, you know, I hated doing. You know, like uh, the one, I remember that the one of the topic I picked, like how to practice Coprash. Epic fail. <laughs> yeah, hitting the wrong notes. That's know. like a YouTube video. I know. <laughs> couldn't play. So um, that's what like like I said. Uh, that's what a month three base uh, online school. It's called like a Tibon School in Japan. And the highest number I got was like a 65 a month. Great. So, wow, that's yeah. great. And the lowest ones were in between like a, uh, around 30, which is okay. You know, I, you know, even like a two people show up, I, I still do it. You know, I call my sure. mom to, hey, can you log in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get your trombone, mom. Yeah. <laughs> so let's buzz together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I basically, yeah, I, I started doing that. I did a couple of test runs during the summer. Uh, like you guys did, you guys kind of inspired a lot. You know, like you guys are like, you know, get on, you know, get on the game like a pretty early on. Was it June? Yeah, uh, July, July, July. That was really well organized, you know, high tech online music I'm glad camp. Way. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, you know, I called it Nick, like, how'd you guys do it? So that's what's awesome, man. Well, thank you so so much for having me, that one. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having it. You sounded awesome, and you know the original plan, of course, was to have that in person, and and you were going to be one of our guest artists, and you know everything changed, of course. But um, <clears throat> you gave some really awesome master classes. I still remember some of those moments. It was, re- it was really really cool, and a lot of people. I think we had like five hundred people end up registering, which was yeah. super cool. And now, of course, we're going to go back to our normal 
mm-hmm. you know, small boutique thing. And so excited. Have you ever been to that area of Michigan before? Not really. <laughs> Not like really. It. Very beautiful. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I like the Detroit area, yeah, of course. Not really. Like, I'm very excited about it. I think I was, I went to Grand Rapids once 20 okay. years ago. That's not very far. Yeah. So that's what's it. On Arbor, you know, we did like a, you know, orchestra concert, but this was really, really short. You know, we, la- you know, like we landed like at 3 p.m. We did an like evening concert. Next morning we left, something yeah. like that. Yeah. My, you know, so I think I was really intoxicated. I, my memory is really. Fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't. I was gonna say if you like beer, it's a it's a de- it's a decent beer state. I'd say. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I try. It. I try. It. Yeah. Sure. I'm very. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Sure. No problem. <laughs> you'll you'll be, you'll be just fine there, Co. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just thought of a. I just thought of a good like masterclass like beer and Bordonis. You know, we just like get a picture and we just talk through. Some play them, <laughs> or yeah. or how about beer and beach? Yeah, the beach. <laughs> that, that, you, you need a beer. Uh, you yeah. know that would go downhill so fast. You would, like, I know. Get to right. etude two. I know. I I think I did that when I was in college. Uh, I, when I was in Japan, living in Japan. No, I was already in a Juilliard, and during the summertime, I went to home and I was hanging out with my trombone buddies. We did like a lot of like a like a you know two days you know boys camp. Uh, the trombone camp. So, um, and other camp that we did, a, of course, serious party. You know, <laughs> we rented out a studio just for the party. Some like a lodge, like a mountain lodge, just so oh we can party. God. Like, a, like a, you know, we suddenly partying like a, like a four a, you know, four p.m. I don't remember. Maybe a, you know, I saw the sunrise. So that's not a good sign. Mm, that's a great <laughs> sign. Yeah. So like you know, one of the game we did was like, all right. Take a shot, and we started playing uh, the trombone quartet. You know uh, the sight reading. Yeah, <laughs> you know whole kinds of you know liquors. You know vodka or like a shochu, the Japanese sake, whatever. Oh, Whoever, dangerous. Oh my god, it's just so much. You know, like it's so easy to you know. It's so smooth, but, yeah. Oh my god, like last year, like two years ago, right before the pandemic, when I went to the South Korea, they almost murdered me. Oh, like I was in the hangover for four days. What, was it soju this time? Soju, yeah. Like they do, like a, you know, it's called a some. I think I can ask like Alexander, you know, Alexander White. Oh, is it you the know? beer and, and soju together? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, oh that. <sighs> any story that involves Alexander White, I, I, I know how it ends. <laughs> exactly. Alexander, Alexander White is a trumpet player in Seattle Symphony, and yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I remember a couple nights hanging out with him. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. Actually, like uh, he refused to go home. You know, like you know, right before the pandemic, and he was, you know, he followed me, and he he crashed my guest room. So he didn't want to leave. Like the next morning, and like he woke up you know, having coffee, starting playing a video game with my kid. And hey, Xander, I have to pick up my students. Okay, you know. Um, <laughs> Can you pick up some lunch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he 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 wasn't gonna leave. <laughs> That's what's funny. <laughs> yeah, I offered him the coffee. He's like, "Whoa, how how would you make a coffee so badly?" I was like, "Jesus Christ, man, you stay in my house." <laughs> anyway, yeah, this good hunk. Yeah, can we have a can we have a a, a retreat in Japan in the in a mountain lodge? So that so rule, awesome. yeah, it's just like a you know rule. It's a terrible. That's what's a terrible idea. Like every time, of course, everybody's intoxicated because you know we started drinking like at three thirty p.m. 
And that's what already 9.30 p.m. All right, let's play the quartet. I was like, oh, gosh, no one has the chops. Everybody miss it. You know, anyone miss the note, you have to have a shot. Okay, oh, yeah. great idea. I can do it. Then like, have <laughs> we picked a random piece, and somebody gets tired. I missed the note. I couldn't see the music because I was too drunk. Then like, oh, my God, I call Mr. the note. Another shot. You know, you know, that's what, more than 20 years ago. I, I would do that these days, you know. I've learned the hard way that, you know, it always feels like a good idea, especially before a concert or recital or if you feel stressed and you're like, oh man, a beer would just like a beer would be great. But I, I've just, I've learned, I, I just can't drink before I, I perform. It's just physically almost more than mentally is, you know, the swelling and I never feel good afterwards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now, <laughs> waiting. Always no, 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 no. You can try, you can practice, you know, but, uh, that's that is, <laughs> yeah. you can practice you can experiment but it's never goes you know never goes well of course like you know we always joke about you know among the trombone players you know how fun to drink a beers after the concert before the concert during the concert but yeah drink responsibly you know <laughs> but like like in mountain lodges in japan were, were you near like nagano Oh yeah, I went in the Nagano. Yeah, so like oh, yeah. Nice. it's called uh, no, like between the Nagano and the Yamanashi Prefecture. It's a beautiful mountain area. Oh my god, that's you know, I have, we had so much fun time, but again, I felt terrible. The next day, like I had to go like another music camp to teach. Oh my god, like I was yeah, I was young, but still a serious, serious hangover. Of course, I miss going there. You know, my I miss seeing my family. Yeah, it's you grew up yeah. in Tokyo, right? I grew up in Tokyo like everybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's from Tokyo. I grew up like outside of Tokyo. You know, here's like a Tokyo, you know, central, you know, center of like a city, of Tokyo, in the metropolitan area, mm-hmm. and here's like a Tokyo uh, International Airport. I'm in the right in the middle. I grew up there. I was born in the Naka- uh, Shinjuku area. Um, you know, I grew up. Uh, I I think. When I was a six or seven, my parents decided to move outside of Tokyo because Tokyo was a little bit too busy. And my sister, uh, my second sister, had you know, serious asthma. So, like, a pollution level uh, where we used to live was a little bit too high. So, my parents wanted to get out to the center of the city. So, like, a suburban city. The bad news was I had to take a subway, bus, you know, bicycle, whole kinds of like a transportation system when I was in high school. So every day was kind of triathlon, you know, 10 minute um, <laughs> bike ride and uh, 65 minutes of like a subway, you know, ride to get to the high school. That's what's kind of rough. You know, wow. the subways are pretty intense there. Right? Oh my, it's very intense. Oh my gosh, so intense. They cram everybody. And they cram everybody. You know, like back then, like I, you know, I, I had to carry my trombone every day, you know, because I went to music high school. So I had the old buck, you know, heavy case, you know, put it on like a bicycle between my laps and <laughs> ride the bicycle as, as fast as I can. So latest time I had to leave my house was like 6.40. Mm-hmm. 6:40 a.m. So if I if I don't make like you know 6:51 a.m. train, I'm in a deep trouble. So yeah, that's you know yeah that's what's <laughs> So I was in the shape because you know every morning every night it was like a triathlon. You know, you ride a bike, you're swimming into like a subway, uh, <laughs> subway rush hour train to Tokyo, and run between the transfer. 
on the train. Yeah, I had to transfer like a three train because you know, you know that that was such a great idea for my my parents. Yeah, like a suburb city is so beautiful. It's cleaner. You know, you're gonna love it. Oh, great! So after five years later, I have gone to go to high school and the center of Tokyo. You know, I have to go into high school and the center of Tokyo every day, hour and a half. You know, <laughs> my ass on the train wasn't fun at all. But yeah, I probably I just going to high school one day. Every morning, I probably lost like a twenty five hundred calories. That's I felt like it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So because that was really intense. So that was my childhood. Well, it, you could have gone to high school closer, but it, you went to a music high school, so you had to go into Tokyo, right? Exactly. So like a, a nearby high school, just like a you know public school, and um, there was they didn't not have any schools nearby. Didn't have like a great uh, music programs. I would say. The band culture is so strong. They have like a great band cultures, but mm-hmm. yeah. not really specified. You know, I I really really want to go to like, a music school. Yeah, because like, I want to you know just you know, focus on the music and focus on the trombone. I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> but mm-hmm. reality is wasn't. <laughs> you, you started when you were you were twelve. I was a twelve or uh, eleven. I I would say like a eleven, twelve. You know, I was a sixth grade. All of a sudden, okay, I didn't like more. I didn't like the music. And I grew up in my uh, music family. My mom used to be a violinist, and my father used to be playing the trombone in a professional orchestra in Tokyo. Tatsuo. Tatsuo. Oh, how'd you know so much? Oh my god. Whoa. We go, we go way back. Oh gosh, you you got my credit card numbers too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting purchase you made. Oh, sh- oh gosh. <laughs> Canceled it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you know, he was uh, he was playing like a Sage Ozawa's orchestra. You know, really the first you know first couple orchestras you know Sage conducting, and um, he was on. And back then, again, like, the Japan Japanese orchestra did they didn't have like a system like a principal, second, or third, or fourth. So, you know, he, basically, my father played everything. So he, uh, I don't know, it's a, too blurry uh, the picture. He gave me a couple of trombones after he retired. You know, he gave me this one. Uh, hold on a second. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, you can see the old Kong 62H. You see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, he gave it to me. And he had one. Uh, and he also, old Alec Hardcomb. Also, he has, he still has, you know, uh, New York Buck 45B. Whoa. So that was really my first instrument. And he gave it to me. Here, play this. Wow. Yeah, I was a sixth grade. Okay, I want to play trombone. You know, Dad, can I have a trombone? Sure. You know, and he really liked the like old Kong, and he didn't give it to me, so he gave me like, all right, I don't, I'm not crazy about a buck, so like, you can play this one. And what is this? You just play it. So <laughs> that's correct as I am. You know, just a New York buck, forty five B, with um, with and came with like a four G mouthpiece. That's when, like, you know, I was a beginner. I started with a 4G mouthpiece. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just totally screwed up, isn't it? That's why you got that big <laughs> sound, Co. I have no sound, no tone. <laughs> just. Yeah, that's, that's what you're white known noise. for, Co. Yeah, just, you know, you know Co, the it's like white, white noise. noise. Yeah, white noise. <laughs> I love white noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What was it like studying with your dad, though? It, it's It's not always easy studying with a parent. Oh, uh, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I, I, I did like um, that. 
family mistake is to pass to the generation because I'm a terrible teacher to teach a trombone to my kid. You know, it doesn't doesn't go well. You have to find like an outside source, you know, to educate your kids. You know, if you you know trying to do the same thing. What's good actually? Because he, I what I remember, you know, he was a very strong player. You know, he has very big sound. You know, just dense. Almost like, uh, you know, first time I heard, you know, I still remember like uh, yesterday, you know, he said, all right, so I teach you like, you know, how to play the B fourth scale, you know, and, uh, you know, later on, we go on to the F major scale, the E flat major, but I, I teach you uh, today just like how to hold the trombone, how to, you know, breathe in the deep, create a big sound or something like that. I remember like, you know, he, he sounded huge. I was like, oh my God, it's cool. I want to play like this. So like that's what like, that's what really the first time he taught me and the last time he taught me. Later on, we played duets together, but he he really didn't want to teach me. You know, he knew it's gonna like, on on oil on the water. You know, later on, and he found a local teacher. I wasn't crazy about his style. You know, he wants me to play jazz. I was like, uh, I'm not so into that. And he. My second teacher taught me a lot. You know, he's still around, and he was a fantastic soloist. You know, he's a principal of the new, uh, Japan Philharmonic back then, and he was a fantastic. You know, he had a great technique and you know, a fantastic and high register. And his you know, playing the playing style, like you know, the lyrical stuff. It's a, I just like a, you know, falling in love with him. He's playing, so he's, I started playing for him. Then, then that moment. You know, my journey with the trombone became more serious. I wanted to go to the music high school. I want to pursue my career more seriously. I want to be like an orchestral musician. And after the high school, uh, I decided to uh, go outside of Japan. Uh, my father was uh, very enthusiastic about playing the music, you know, for me. My mom was kind of opposed because, you know, uh, life as a musician is never be easy. In terms of like making a living, making money, it was uh, playing the music almost impossible. Especially back then, like an you know, orchestra musician salary in Japan was wasn't so great. So, but I I really wanted to do it. My father uh, found some like a trombone competition application, you know, from the newspaper. That was 1988. Yeah, it's a long time ago. In the, you know ITF, you know Brisbane, Australia. I was a high school kid. I was 16 years old. So, like, my father said, all right, we're going to Australia. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought we have, yeah. So, back then, like, in the Jap- in Japanese economy, is just like a skyrocket high. It's called, you know, economic bubble. So, everybody had money. You know, even I had money. So, <laughs> so like, my father uh, found airplane tickets, and we both went to Brisbane, Australia. So where I met uh, my former teacher, Gustav Hoener, you know, Hungarian trombonist, a fantastic player, and Mick Markehi. And uh, I, I, that was really the first time I met in person uh, Christian Lindbergh. I was, that was the biggest, really the first and uh, the biggest culture, trombone culture shock I had in my life. You know, I was 16. So ITF, you know, in Australia, it was a competition I, you know, I entered. So fortunately, I, I, by the surprise, I went to the final. That was a totally by the surprise. You know, the repertoire in the final was Alves Berger, Art Trombone Concerto. I didn't even have Art Trombone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just played everything on the tenor. And 
And、uh, what was the other piece? It sounded like a hard, like a Mio, like a winter concerto.、Mm. So that was、That's、a lot for a 16 year old. I had no idea. Almost like, like a, just like an alien talking, you know, almost like a, I had no idea, like, you know, the, how does it go? I rehearsed with the pianist, you know, and, and you know, day before, you know, like a pianist started starting laughing, you know, do you know this piece? Kid, I said, No, I have no idea. So, could you help me? All right, so I count for you. I do this one, two, one, you play something like that day before the final round. Oh my god, <laughs> but I made it final. I think I was in the fourth place, so I was really shocked. I just played it, you know, just like without that. I think that's what's good because you know, I had no motivation to winning that or you know, like a competition. I just played it, so I played. I respect the entire movement with my tenor trombone, tenor bass trombone, you know, with old Kong. So that was it. So, but the same event, you know, there's so many great concerts they're doing every night, every five minutes. I heard like a Christian Lindbergh live. I heard a Mick Mulcahy live. I was, and also like I heard my former teachers playing the Hungarian trombone quartet. I was shocked. So, You know, I, I t- after the competition, I was like,、uh, I was totally, you know, not, you know, just totally different person after the competition. I talked to my parents, hey, I want to play trombone more. I want to play. You know, just can you make it happen? All right. So you're going to practice more, you know, yeah. And I want to go some, someplace. I'm going to go to, you know, Bering. I'm going to go to Germany. You know, I, because, you know, I was a stupid high school kid. I didn't know where, the, you know, New York is. <laughs> I, I didn't know where the Paris is, you know. I just randomly picked a place. Okay,、uh, if you want to go to Bering,、uh, you have to find a teacher. Okay, so let's find a German teacher. And luckily, the same year, do you know Johann Doms?、Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Doms, like he was a former, he, he is a former principal. Uh, trombonist on the Berlin Philharmonic. Yeah, he's just, you know, old,、uh, the very, very、uh, conservative, like a German style trombonist. He had like a straight home, and、mm-hmm. he was visiting, like, a, you know, professor in Japan. So I had a chance to play for him for the private lesson. So I, I found a contact, you know, I, you know, called him, you know, he didn't speak any English, I didn't speak any English, I don't know how, can we do, how you know, how we ended up meeting in the same place, <laughs> but I played for him, man, he, you know, that was the, the best, one of the best lessons I had in my life, you know, he said, okay, 60 minutes only, no, it ended up at three hours, he gave me three hour lessons, and、wow. uh, you know, like everybody said, like, you know, Mr. Doms is very busy man, and don't Distract him, you know, something like he was a VIP, but he said, Please come back next week. So, please come back next week. I was like, Okay, I think he wants me to be back here on、uh, Wednesday. And、uh, okay, I guess I'm coming, you know, I'm gonna skip the school and then go into his, you know, lesson that I did. And again, another two hour lesson, and I told, told him I would like to study with you. And he said, Well, you know, just、uh, talk to your parents first. And you have to learn, you know, come, come to Europe first. You know, then you can decide it. I was like, I was kind of, kind of weird. You know, I have to get on an airplane, <laughs> you know, to decide whether I'm going to study with this man or not. So, and also another good thing happened, you know, back then, back then when I was in high school, my sister, you know, you see the pianist. She was earning、uh, a master's degree in the Budapest you know, Philanthropist Academy,、uh, which is a very, very famous school for the p- among the pianists. 
before I revisit, I mean, like revisiting Mr. Dom's, I decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to stop by, I'm going to Budapest, you know, and uh, hang out with my sister and practice there. We, we'll see what, you know, how it goes. So I stayed at, you know, my sister's place, you know, pra- I was practicing, you know, uh, the List France Academy. Also, like, I would like to see the, my, uh, the, uh, Mr. Gustav Horner, you know, who I met at the ITF on the same time. So I couldn't find him. Yeah, but I found other trombone teacher, you know, happened to be in the building. So I was, again, I was just like a wild and stupid, you know, um, you must be a trombone professor here. Can I play for you? I was like, you know, you know, he looked at me like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> this kid. I'm like, oh, I play trombone. Lesson, lesson. Can I have a lesson, please? I was like, I, I can't teach you right now because I, I'm busy. But um, how about tomorrow? I was like, sure. <laughs> so he came and lesson. But his uh, his name is like uh, Mr. Thibodeau Stan. I still remember. He was like a, kind of my father's figure in Hungary. So uh, I came back you know, like the next morning at like 9.30 a.m., whatever. So I played for him. Man, that was amazing. You know, again, like a two and a half hours, no charge. He just wow. tried this, tried this, tried this, tried this. You know, you sound great. Or I thought I'd sing more. That's what's intense lesson. I don't know how we communicated each other because he, you know, he's a Hungarian guy. I spoke no Hungarian, no English, and his English is very limited. But my plan was going to Germany after that, but I stayed there almost three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you never know. You never know. Yeah. So, so you moved there from Tokyo to to Budapest. Yes. And so your sister was there. Mm-hmm. So that that had to help. But I imagine that's quite a culture shock. Quite a bit of culture shock because uh, I was still 18. Yeah, quite a bit of culture shock. More culture shock and another, not a lifestyle because, you know, I was young and, you know, flexible. Uh, I was more flexibility. If I have to move to somewhere else okay, right now, it's gonna, I'm going to be freaking out more. The cultural difference between the Japanese and Hungarians, not so much. To me, when I was younger, but you know, playing wise, you know, playing how you know how they play the trombone was you know so much difference. I discovered right away. My teacher told me that you know, like my sound is too small, and my teacher, you know, Hungarian teacher, told me like you know, I I use too much tongue, and also like back then when I was in Japan, traditional way that you know how we play trombone in Japan was everything tongue stop da da da. Dot. You just like, it has to be like a very, very square, almost like in a cut and dry. Pop, pop, pop. Because, you know, otherwise you can't bring it, you know, you can't put an ensemble together. That, that's how you used to play. But my teacher really hated, you know, like, you know that, that, that crap doesn't, you know, doesn't fly here. So, like, you have to fix it. So, except in Hungarian. It's in Hungarian, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what's that's what like you know, took me a couple months to get used to that idea. After that, it was really quick. That was really really quick, and uh, that because you know I had great teachers. Mainly, they're talking about uh, sound and musicalities. So they have a really really strong opinion about you know how to execute you know the melody and the phrasing stuff. Not so much of fundamentals. So after the, I think in the middle of the second year, like uh, in Hungary, the Budapest, a new family came to town, and uh, I snuck into like a concert. I through my teacher, I had a dinner with uh, Joe. 
Joe suggests to me, what are you doing? Like, after, you know, tomorrow night, not just practicing. You know, you want to come to the backstage, you know, and play the duets? I was like, whoa, okay, that's mm. cool. So we ended up playing a trombone quartet because he said, like, yeah, I need to stay in the shape during the tour. It's hard to play, you know, find a place to practice. You know, can you find the space we can play? So I found that, you know, after the concert, maybe like a two or three hours we play together. And end up with a you know session. How, how nervous were you when you were like I wasn't nervous to play duo? No, I wasn't nervous. Not at nervous. All. Yeah, because I didn't know who that is. So oh really? Wow. <laughs> some guy wants to play duets yeah. with me. Yeah, there's some guy like you know some American guy wants to play with me. So <laughs> I'll give him. I'll give him. Some. Yeah. So like I, I gave you a shot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah coming to my town. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, play trombone. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Give a shot. Uh, but, um, of course, I knew a little bit about him. I had his CDs, of course. I had his Amala 3 recordings. Yeah. But I wasn't nervous at all. I just played. And he said, at the end of the session, he said, all right, so like we have like an opening. Because that's what shortly after Nitsan left, you know, from Julia to New York for Hamlet. What a what a, what a jerk! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he said like there's an opening, you know. If you wanna come in, if you wanna come to you know uh, take a lessons with me like in New York, if you wanna take an audition for the Juilliard, I think you should do it. And I talked to my teacher, you know, Gustav, and the table was like, they're thrilled. They were like, oh my god, you, what are you waiting for? Uh, I have no money. Shoot. <laughs> so that's another issue. But thanks to like my parents um, that they found so many uh, foundations, the scholarships for me from the Japanese government, you know, some like a music foundation group. My father did uh, so many research. So I was able to find some like a you know, scholarship money from, from the government, which is great because, yeah, many kids in the United States, you know, just they have to pull out uh, like a student's loan, the age of 18, you know, ended up having a 200K, you know, loan before you graduated. So that's, I didn't have to do that. That was lucky. So that was, uh, yeah, it's a long, but that was my teenager uh, to college story. <laughs> so once you were, um, you, did, you did your master's at Juilliard, did you start taking, when did you start taking auditions in this whole process? It's really funny. Like, you know, even though like I was on a two and a half years, you know, List France Academy, their credit didn't transfer to the Julia school. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was like, I argued with them and I, you know, I complained about it, but, you know, it's just, uh, nope, not, you know, your degree is nothing. <laughs> so you have to start over again. I was like, what? So I was a 22 years old, 23 years old, like, you know, with freshmen. <laughs> That's that, you know, that, that happened a lot at, at, at Julia. There were uh, quite a few Europeans who would come over to transfer yeah. from various schools around Europe, and they'd have to start over. There was a Belgian Tremonis when I was in school that had to do the same thing. He was studying in... I think Rotterdam or, or you know, Paris and then Rotterdam. And then he had to start over at Juilliard. Oh my God. Yeah. You must've been pretty cool. You could buy all the beer for your, your freshman. Yeah. <laughs> the oldest freshman. <laughs> oh my God. That's was weird. Like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, back then, like, I, you, yeah, I don't know. The just, Emerald Inn? So Emerald Inn. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, I studied, you know, Emerald Inn and the finish was the picnics, you know. No, I couldn't go to the oh, picnics. Yeah. I was too poor, like a grace papaya. <laughs> <Yeah, that's, laughs> oh. 
That's the hot dog. Yeah, street. the hot dog place and seventy second place, yeah, second seconds, seventy uh, second yeah, street. Yeah, yeah. But God, so nasty. you had a pretty good studio at Juilliard, didn't you? When you were there, uh, of course, Jimaki. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, our dear friend, you know, you know, he's no longer with us, uh, but you know, Mark Horner, you know, he was mm-hmm. a beautiful player, Darren Acosta. You know, yeah. he used to be like in you know, Boston area, and now they're in uh, Princeton, Helsinki. Empire Brass, you know, uh, he played a couple seasons. Who else was there? Yossi Iskovic, you know, he's a bass trombone player. You know, ten, uh, he's in Spain right now. He was in the final every single bass trombone audition, you know, back then. My second year, Tom Barge. Oh, and, I love yeah, that. Yeah, Tom Barge. You know, he was a really intense guy. He's, yeah, in, uh, but, he's in Charlotte now, Charlotte. Yeah. And uh, also, like, a Stefan Sanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember him? You know, he is... Sure. Uh, and he became a conductor. You know, I have to be careful. You know what I say now. He's your boss so, now. He is. He he can be my boss. Uh, the Jack Mobiles. Uh, he's a tuba. Yeah, oh, that's for the after hours. <laughs> I feel like everyone. Every time someone says Giacomo's name, everyone just starts. Oh laughing. shoot! <laughs> yeah, they, they all have a story. Great studio. Uh, great studio. Yeah, basically, you know, when I was there, when I was taking like an audition for the junior. Already being promised, if you can get in a junior school, that means that you can get a job. Yeah, very much like that. So every single year, like in Jim Monkey was there, and then, you know, uh, also like a you know, year before, Nitsan was there. Junior was such a famous place among the trombone community. You know, yeah, if you can get a junior school, you know, don't worry about it, you can get a job. Yeah, very much like that. So, all my training with Joe was pretty much 99% of orchestra excerpts. Yeah. He only gave me like lessons about, you know, solo repertoires maybe two or three times throughout my two years at the junior school. Pretty much like it was a, most of your training at, in in Europe more solo. Yeah, solo, base? just a solo and an attitude. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You know, you know, uh, maybe you say like a little bit of difference, but back then when I was there, I'm more like a concerto uh, competition repertoires. You know, Frank Martin, Bozabart, you know, David, uh, Arvidsberger, you know, Arvidsberger, like, they have, like, a very, very strong opinion um, among the Hungarian trombone players because they discovered that concerto in Budapest. And oh, they really? Prim- yeah, they, yeah, they premiered in Budapest as well. <clears throat> yeah. So they have, like, a huge pride to the, that piece. Also, like, uh, I did... I uh, study a lot of like a uh, Czechish, you know, like you know, uh, competitions, you know, because uh, the Prague competition was such a high standard, you know, it's very, very important among the students over there. You know, I don't think that they do that the trombone competition anymore in the Prague, uh, the spring of the Prague, maybe not. So also like when I was in, you know, over there, uh, Munich competition was such a hot, you know, thing. It's, it's just, you know, you have to be prepared. Like, I don't know, like a 15 solo pieces for the, you know, Munich. I don't know. It's just like a three round plus final. Yeah. So, so it sounds <clears throat> like you had a great, great foundation in music making and solo playing before you started really tackling the excerpts. Do you, do you prefer to, if you get like a 18 year old student, do you prefer focusing more on that first? I think it has to be like a balance, but you know, one, I would think about like another day. I wish I spend more time doing more fundamentals. I remember that, like, you know, Mr. Brownie Mill Stalker, you know, he's like a legend and uh, he's really the first icon of the trombone world. You know, he recorded so many 
recordings, which no one was there, you know, no one's no one's even making any CDs or like a rec- you know recording. He produced like a four or five or six recordings. Anyway, so like what I was trying to say is, uh, he made a chord on uh, the Wonder Masterclass. You know, when I uh, when he came to Japan, like uh, the Budapest, I can't remember exactly. But he said, like, you know, you can talk about the music later, but you have to know how to operate your instruments, you know, properly. So I wish I spent more time doing the fundamentals, which I'm doing every day, you know, seamless, seamlessly. My age, you know, it's a little bit late, but I would suggest it has to be like a balanced. You know, teachers. I think all the teachers need to be able to see the you know, students' hidden talents. Also, like, all right, this kid is a very, you know, natural musician. You know, like, he can do so many things to the later on. But still, you know, has to be balanced. All right, so, like, what I'm trying to say is you can't not ignore, like, the fundamentals. You know, like, how to produce a beautiful sound, how to, you know, be able to, like, operate instruments, high to low. Uh, lately, I just found out as I get older, it's very, very hard to uh, have the crispy articulation higher register. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really funny because, you know, uh, I never had a problem when I was in like in, in New York when I was younger. I, my problem was you know, always using too much tongue, just uh, too much, like a too much attack. So uh, I, I was telling myself all the time, more air, less tongue. That's kind of concept. But nowadays, like I can't, I can't totally ignore the articulation, you know. Uh, but you know, reason why I'm saying it because when I was younger, articulation never be the issue. Yeah, because I think I'm, maybe I was a stronger. I don't know. So, but nowadays, like uh, everybody can play so clean and beautifully. So I noticed that like another day, like man, like yeah, uh, I need to work on my articulation more and the higher register. It's really funny. As you get older, like you know, my lower register is getting better and better and better. But the higher register is there, but I can't articulate. Just like every you know, every so once in a while, like I you know, all the studying, studying having an you know, like this. I was like, what is going on? So <laughs> I I don't know. Just like um, you know, I didn't I didn't really hear that problem when you were ripping through the the Creston last summer, but yeah. Ah, uh, I can't. I don't know. It's like <laughs> that's that's well. Thank you. You know, thank you so much. Yeah. And um, yes. No, but that's the thing. We're always like, no matter where we are, like we're always. I mean, that's the fun part, right? Like, there's always something we can improve on. Totally. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I was more like, even though like I was young, you know, I was always believed uh, music tells me how to play the trombone. Yeah, I was a, such a strong believer. Like, you know, yeah, music comes first. You know, trombone is just, you know, just, you know, you know, just such a small thing. But now, I was like, okay, I wish I had a more like, you know, to, more like a reversed idea, which is like, all right, you have to take care of the you know, fundamentals if you want to play the music. I didn't have that kind of mentality. I just play the music. Have a fun with the trombone. Just, you know, just the music is my word. And I'm not the singer, but I'm the trombone player. I can tell my message to the world, you know, through the trombones. But you still have to be able to <laughs> be able to like an opera, like your, you know, your instruments properly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I, if I had to, you know, see, oftentimes, like I see like a credible young kind, you know, the students, they are kind of bypassing in the whole process, which is fundamentals. Of course, it's a boring process. You know, you have to do the long term, 
it's you know you have to do the album you know you have to do like your lip slurs you have to do the scales but it's important but you know if you your tone gets better every day little by little it's a fun process yeah it's a fun process while the you know like a student i have like in a 14 years old you know uh girl and she brings she only uh, plays for me like once or twice a month but he always brings a brand new solo piece I like to I like to play the both about today. I was like, okay, you just played a Wazen like two weeks ago. Yeah, Did you learn. Yeah, all right. Of course, you know, first one it's great. You know, learn, you can learn your brain. You know, it's every day like you learn. You know, new piece every day. You know, every week is great. But you're kind of bypassing so many details. Which is, you know, for example, like a Botsabarata is such a standard piece among the students, but there's so many booby traps. You know. Like a cadenza, all right. You're gonna do the wambusher, you know, or like you're gonna fake between and take a breath, boom, 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 take a breath. Da, 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 da. I've seen like many people do that, so don't use a breath as an excuse to change your embouchure or like okay. using a shift. All right, so if you feel that you know, if you're gonna use of course, the bass drum won't play in the tuba plays, they have to use a shift accordingly, but. I'm seeing like many students, you know, very good students using, you know, taking breaths, you know, hiding something, you know, using a vibrato, hiding something. So if you spend, you know, if you're like a older teacher encouraging like a kids to do the more fundamentals, you know, encourage them, that's going to be like a, I think like trombone words becomes like a, a much higher level. So I, I would say. That whole like changing making sure you're not changing the music to fit your technique, but like exactly developing your technique so you can, so it's like everything you're saying is interrelated, you know? So it's like, we just want to make sure you're not negating it. And, and I mean, you probably grew up, I would assume with your father being a trombonist, he probably set you up with a pretty good embouchure and showing you how to breathe and good posture and like kind of getting any bad habits out of the way, I would think, besides the tongue stopping. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it's like, a, well, like, a, you know, he was, just another thing, like, you know, he didn't really teach me, like, you know, how to set up with a good embouchure. Like, my embouchure, you know, back then was, like, really low, like, uh, kind of J.J. Johnson embouchure. Mm. Yeah, like this, really low. And uh, Joe, with the really the first lesson, like, you know, uh, Joe, let's say, like, he said, like, all right, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna work you know, all right change it you know first lesson you know i went to the like, new york city when i was a student uh before i came to your junior and so like he said like, just move, you know i was here gonna i was almost like a red you know on the red and up there but i was able to play like high loud no problem but low register was really questionable he said like all right so that it's not gonna work so like he really the first lesson he just move <laughs> that was quite shocking so i didn't, really didn't like it you know didn't want to do it but so at age of the 22 23 you know six months before the get a audition i changed my embouchure so but it worked out great it worked out great because you know um you know, fixed uh, pretty much every single problem i had of course a new embouchure it's a lot of a weaker you cannot hit the you know double high b flat or like you cannot play that you know, Pines, you know, uh, you can't play the model three uh, with the full volume, but tone gets nicer and my low register immediately get better. So I, I really appreciate that, you know, because, you know, it's, it's just so much, it's just so much effort for the you know, teachers to deal with an you know, ambush change. 
yeah, you know, like a teacher needs to know, like, what is he, you know, what are they doing? And the students need to have, like, you know, a lot of, like, patience. And also, like, uh, on the teacher need to have, like, you know, teachers need to have, like, a lot of confidence to guide the right direction for the students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did, like, an ambushed change when the students. Also, like, I did an ambushed change three, four years ago. You know, because, you know, I, yeah, I feel like my, you know, my must be set up with too high. So I have to bring down a little bit. Like at Conley Williams, you know, I had like a serious, like a choppy issues and uh, still dealing with it, which I associated with like, uh, you know, like um, a lot of, you know, psychological issues as well. You know, psychological issue means like, you know, if you don't feel good playing an instrument, playing a concert, and uh, then become like an extremely painful process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't know, you know, basically, basically every night lowering dice. You know, Tuesday morning felt great. You know, Thursday night, nothing comes out from the bell. Yeah. You know, just, you never know. So basically, like, you know, what I had was, I, I said the same thing some other day, you know, some other masterclass. You know, if you have, if you have, you know, a good, you know, job title, you know, professor or like a principal trombone, principal bass trombone, uh, not clocker specialist, whatever. So. <laughs> That's me. Oh, man. Can we change that in your bio? <laughs> Nutcracker specialist, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's a great score, by the way. I love Nutcrackers. Oh, yeah. it's good. That's, yeah, it's it's great. great, great music. Yeah. If you have like a job title, and if you walk like long enough, like this society, uh, the this community, like this industry, people invite you do like a master class, you know, like a recital, residencies, which is fun, you know, so much fun, you know, you have you know great atmosphere, you can like um, have a great engagement throughout the music with the people, you know, and drink afterwards, and it's yeah, it's fun. I love traveling too. Anyway, so I was doing a little bit too much. I was doing a little too much. For example, finish the Mala two concerts and go to the airport and like a, take a, like a red eye flight to Taipei and and get in and like, you know, get off the airplane at Taipei like you know like at ten p.m. drink until like a four in the morning. Oh, uh, I have rehearsal, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> something like that. You know, do the whole week like this. You know, playing. You know, one heaviest week I had in my life was, I think I played four different concerts of four different cities. Two different orchestras. That hurts and, me just sitting here. <laughs> and also, you know, uh, took a day off and then started to do like a trombone camp. And I was teaching like 12 students per day or something like that. Then, end of the second week, I felt something in the inside my lip. Basically, like I just, you know, I saw, you know, I, I saw it inside my lip. Like it's just like a little tiny cow sweat there. And again, if you do like a residency, like you know, if you are a guest, a soloist, you know, everybody, you know, excuse my French, like everybody kisses your ass, you know what I mean? And party every night and play the concerts and you are the center with att- attention, you know, me, 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 me. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of crap. So I was doing like, I was so fucked into like, I was hoping, oh man, like uh, people listen to me which my wife never listened to me. Yeah. <laughs> and wow, uh, somebody, you know, somebody, you know, some people think I'm really good on the trombone, something like that. So it's kind of egoistic thing, you know, all about egos. I was doing too much. I injured myself. And that spot, like the calcium becomes a lot, you know, bigger and bigger, bigger and harder, harder, harder. Get out of control. So 
I had to take a time off and uh, I was dealing with a couple of years. I really hate it because sometimes, yeah, it's really hard, you know, and my carols are sitting right here and inside my mouth and where the, the between my lip and my you know, front tooth. Every time I play and sometimes, you know, that part of the lip <laughs> stop vibrates. Mm. So that gives me like a lot of looking at uh, the response issue. And in order to not aggravate, you know, the, the spot uh, which wounded, you know, I had to take like a you know, painkillers constantly. So like, you know, Advil, I was like a big fan of Advil. So I've, I almost applied like a sponsorship, like Advil, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't reply my letter. So, uh, and, uh, which is just fine. I was dealing with that, and uh, I had surgery. Uh, I did like a removed uh, my curls. Uh, really? That's what the biggest mistake. And the doctor said, yeah, I've done like so many people. You know, probably I did like a 20, 20 or 25. And uh, I wouldn't say like the doctor's name. You know, he's in Atlanta, Georgia. I went to there and I removed it. He said, you know, oh, yeah, three weeks. No, four weeks. You don't play. Don't play. Then, like, you're starting playing, like, a slurry, you know. Uh, after three months, uh, after two weeks, you don't feel anything. I was like, no, wrong. I had to deal with, like, maybe six or seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just one little surgery. Only took, only took 15 minutes. Only took 15 minutes. All right. So, this pulled out the, the cows, which is, like, a kind of bigger than we expected. You know, we are, you know, we are expecting. So, much bigger. Like, you know, the doctor said, like, you know, I think the good news is, you know, you know, biopsy said, you know, you have no cancer, which is good. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a cows. All right. So bad news is, you know, it might take like a little bit longer recovery time. Uh, how long? I don't know. Maybe just don't play four weeks. And I guess, you know, just let me know. Call me anytime. Oh, my God. So that's what like uh, RE... 2013 January, yeah, during the winter break. You know, I told the orchestra manager, like, all right, so I'm gonna have like, and I have to take care of this. I, you know, can I, can I, you know, use my medical leave? That's no problem. When are you gonna be back? How about uh, second week of February? Oh my God, like, really the first piece like I was supposed to comply was very easy program. You know, La Boheme, also like I had to play like some Carmen Overture. Couldn't play, couldn't play. Wow. Yeah, could not play. That Nothing came program. up. <laughs> yeah, that was an easy program. All of a sudden, I had, I was a really strong player. You know, that's why like I injured myself. So I was doing the solos. I was doing like in the playing. You know, just having fun all the time. I was doing like, um, you know, basically like I, I was, I was doing way too much. You know, I was way overworked and I wasn't careful. And of course, I was practicing. I was warming up every day, but I wasn't. I wasn't smart about operating trombone. Yeah, sometimes you know, who do that? Like, take a red eye fly. You know, like after like a twelve hour flight, get off the airplane and start the plane right away. So that's you know, I did that, and I did a you know, music festival in Japan. Yeah, I was in Seiji's. You know, Seiji's. You know, I used to do that twelve years, and the last concert is is finished at 10 p.m. in the middle of nowhere in Nagano. I, you know, I take a nap like a three or four hours, starting driving to the airport, catch a morning flight to the Seattle, landed to Seattle 7.45, 
and the 10 o'clock shows the A's. And that's how I was doing that very much. So how did yeah. you recover from, from this? Just keep playing. Yeah, just keep playing. I was really depressed. 2013, you know, this was kind of 2012, 13, 14, you know, I was kind of the busiest time for my life because everybody, you know, I, I'm very grateful because everybody called me and... Uh, you know, Japanese agent, like, hey, you know, you sound great, like, you know, can, you want to do, like, a recital tour. So they set up the recital tour, like, you know, six months after my, you know, surgery. Man, I didn't sound good at all. Yeah, I finished the program, but I have to take, you know, uh, the, some of the, like, notes active down. And the people noticed, like, okay, this doesn't sound like a Koichiro. And I almost had a nervous breakdown at the concert, but all right. So just to finish the show. And I just, I just finish the show. Just don't stop. Wow. Just keep going, keep going. I just applied through it. I was really depressed. I was really depressed. Also, like I was so disoriented. I thought I knew about a trombone so much, but luckily, just one fifteen-minute show surgery wiped out all the memory, the whole thing. I lost my tone. I lost my confidence. I lost my uh, technique. I lost my musicality as well. Yeah, because you know, because you know, if you're so worried about the you know playing the notes in front of people, really, because every single orchestra concert, I was soaking, you know, I was sweating like a crazy. I was so nervous. And one day after the first rehearsal, I said, "I can't do this." You know, I went to like an you know, old personal manager's office. I'm sorry, again, just I can't play. I can play, you know, every single note I play, it hurts like a, hurts like a crazy. I was like, okay, um, you know, the person manager is such a chill guy. Okay, who should I call? <laughs> okay, all right, just here's the list, you know, you can call. Okay, uh, just let me know when you want to be back. So wow. that kind of made, great, that was great. You know, he didn't make a huge deal about it. And also, like, I talked to my colleagues, so like, you know, dude, just to take care of yourself, you know, just a really the one last thing you really want to have, just like, you know, just take your time off. So I did. I started seeing the more uh, uh, doctors. I went to see the, the doctor in Baltimore. I went to see the doctor. Shulman? Yeah, Shulman. You know, he's, I, I've, seen, know, I've seen him for some chop stuff. Oh, uh, really? You know, mm -hmm. he helped me a lot. You know, the Van der Kolk. Mm -hmm. Constantly, I talked to, like, a Colin Williams. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, basically, I was invited to do like some recital on ITF. I think that the Eastman, man, like a day before, just like you know, just you know, then another problem, like in the first surface, just like you know, open wide cut. And one time, okay, I'm not exaggerating, I'm applying a concert, concert, concert after the, you know, during the recovery period of time. It's getting better each time, okay? You know, I have to say, over the course of the you know, uh, the month, and they're getting better and better, and they're starting playing more. The one time it hurts, you know. It's, you know, it's, this morning didn't hurt, but you know, it hurts again. Wow, so inconsistent. I don't want to deal with this. And they look at my inside mouthpiece; it's blood in there. I was like, Oh, Jesus Christ! All right, this is not happening. And I was supposed to do like a recital on ITF Monday or you know Sunday. That's what the Friday. I said, oh, I have to cancel again. So, cancellation, cancellation, cancellation. Calling sick, calling sick. So, you know, I have to do that. In order to make concert happen, I had to take like a three Advils every single night. Wow. Yeah, every night. 
every night before the concert. Only thinking of, I was a junkie. Yeah, Advil junkie. But it's, so how did so? How did you keep going? I mean, this was such a shock. I mean, everything you'd set up your life, you're playing in in the Met. First of all, that's you know. Oh yeah, that's right. I that, used to play talking in to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and we want to talk about that too. And and you know, in talking to Weston, the second trombone spot is maybe one of the busiest spots in that section. You're you're playing almost everything. Like I mean, how did? I mean, you have all this pressure on you, and it's your livelihood, and you don't know what the end is. Like, how did you stay positive? How did you get through it? Uh, I had such a wonderful time. Like, the Met, you know, the, the, of course, you know, Western's right. I know, you know, Western's a little bit luckier because, uh, you know, when I was there, all the monsters was in charge. So they used to tell me what I play, what not I'm not playing. Yeah. So, for example, if I go to the office or talk to, like, a, you know, the, the uh, chief, hey, I want to take a night off this one. Like, no, you can't. Uh, uh, what I mean? Uh, uh, the contract says I have like a personal day off. No, you don't. <laughs> back then, you know, back then in New York City, you know, that's uh, yeah, we get a rough time. Yeah. So like, it, uh, how I keep going? I have a beautiful house. I you know I have a good lifestyle. Not like as you know, as good as like uh, who is that? Like a Bill Gates house, but. I'm so lucky to have a life, you know, playing a trombone, you know, came from like a Japan, you know, I'm an immigrant, you know, living in like a beautiful city in Seattle. I have a great, you know, principal orchestra position. I'm so grateful. But I was sitting there, like, you know, when I was dealing with just the chop bullshit, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> chop okay. clubs. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just sitting there, just, you know, uh, eating dinner with my family, going home and watching TV. Every single item I own this house is because I play trombone. Every single, like even computer desk, computer, trombones. The reason why I have trombones and hold 200 mouthpieces because I play trombone. Some people respect me. They can, all right, can you try this? And the reason why I was able to buy all the items, you know, the toys I own, skis, whatever the hobbies, you know, drinking, whatever, you know, cooking knives, because I play trombone. I feel so guilty. I feel terrible every night. So, like, a, between 2013 to 2000, I would say 16, I had to, yeah, that was, like, the darkest time for my life. But also, like, a musicality, like, the, as a musician, the best time in my life. You know, I get played at the New York Philharmonic. I played a concerto, the best concert hall in Japan, you know, here and there. But at the same time, I was keep popping out of bills. <laughs> yeah, that was my, yeah, that was my bait broker, you know, anxiety. Wow. So you got back to, you got to a point where like you could sound like you again, but it would just, the pain would come in and out. Still dealing with, I would say I'm back 70%. Yeah, wow. still consistent. I'm still, I'm still trying to come back. Yeah, can I? But my, can I be? Oh, you still feel? Yeah, can I, I still play it? it? Can I play it? Your seventy percent co? Is that okay? Don't, 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 don't video. You know, don't release this video. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. I mean, you know, uh, during the pandemic, I discovered a few things. You know, I have more time to practice. 
And I wrote, you know, etudes, you know, like a warm-up book, you know, which I do like, a, you know, every day, not every single page, you know, like it takes, you know, I did once, you know, a couple of times. It takes like a two hours and 40 minutes to finish the whole book. You get really wiped out. You know, if you do that every day, you're like iron chops, but you have to do like the right thing. You know, be, you know, just don't get injured. Uh, the, during the pandemic, I, I discovered, you know, a few things, you know, who that you, you are uh, true friends are. What's your most important thing in your life? Of course, because everybody's the same boat. Everybody's, you know, I'm talking about our industry, like as a music, music world. Yeah. No one's performing. Oftentimes we joke, yeah, you know, the U.S. is so screwed up. You know, I go back to Japan. Wait, they're not playing either. <laughs> so the way in the same boat, um, just incredible. So, so those two things discovered. Also, like I felt the same way when I was having really, really rough time. You know, I drank, you know, more than I should have during the period of time. I was constantly ex uh, escaping from the problems. You know, my mental, mentally, I was, I was just, I think, you know, I was okay. But like, I really, really appreciate, like, you know, all the friends, the trombone friends helped me, especially calling. You know, like, I pick up the phone, like, you know, in the middle of the night, like, hey, man, I can, you know, I had a good, you know, uh, I was able to play this note today. Oh, good. I think like even in the process like this, you know, all keep going, you know, just keep playing, keep playing. It's going to go only uphill. You know, it's not going to go really down here. Don't worry about it. Just, just baby yourself a little bit. Just careful. Try this one. I do this, 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 this. Concentrate. I talked to, I talked to him, you know, when I was suddenly having like a really serious issue, it's my face. Probably I talk to him every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like a Nathan the guards, you know, Co, you want to come to Atlanta? You want to play? Two weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, just, you know, let's play. So he doesn't tell me what to do, but, you know, I got, you know, he gave me so many hints. You know, it used to be reversed. You know, they're a little bit younger than I am. You know, before they take auditions, they used to play for me. Now, like a reverse, kind of weird. <laughs> but I really appreciate, like, they, they always found a time for me, beach in the morning. And sometimes I get really, really depressed. Yeah. And I had to t- talk to somebody. So like, they are always for me. So did you take the Seattle audition when you were still kind of in pain? No, uh, that's what the, uh, before, before. That's yeah. 2007, is that right? 2000. No, five. Uh, uh, five. 05, I took audition. And uh, I started very late, actually. I was still like doing like a lot of you know gigs in Japan, and uh, I was still playing partially at the Met. You know, before Paul joined the orchestra, I was doing like a bass trumpet. One year, I think I played twenty four Valkyries. You know, five different conductors. Yeah. Wow. The first time I did like a bass trumpet at Valkyries, so I was terrified. That that second scared. act is is no joke. That, that's yeah. a huge bass trumpet. Oh my god! You know, first you know, really the first entrance. You know, don't you go, 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 go. That one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Musical nuances. Don't <laughs> yeah, I was I was really nervous on uh, the really the first. It's a pretty fun part. Though, I, it's right? so much fun after you know after after I would say like a five or six. I did. I was, I loved it. 
I loved it. I just like, oh my God, this is so much more. Almost like a recital. Yeah. It's, it's such great music. Oh my God. Yeah, it's such a great music. And you have to say, you know, like in the opera, I, I, I miss opera. You know, Otello, the Ring Cycle, yeah. Cag Pag. Yeah. Even oh. like uh, Modern Butterflies. Like, it's like, uh, yeah. Well, oh, oops. Such a bad subject. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great music. <laughs> great, yeah. music. <laughs> great music. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, just I was just such a pink and uh, a full wild, and you know, just at the same time, like I listened, like you know, what I done, like like the last five years, I listened to recording almost like I was so depressed. I was really depressed. And one year, I think shortly after, yeah, I think that's 2016. I decided, yeah, I decided 2016 or 17. I decided, all right, this recover is not going anywhere i got a little bit better but still i didn't have any uh i didn't have like in the fully uh my tone was a fully controlled wasn't controlled for example if i play soft fine but you know if i make a crescendo sound kind of breaks up and it felt kind of uncomfortable the another thing is like uh i intentionally i started using you know three different ambushes you know when i was playing the two octaves which is super, super, super unhealthy way to play the trombone. And I have to use uh, like a, you know, unreasonably big amp, you know, like a big mouthpiece to sound, you know, full and big. Yeah. So it's, it's, everything I was doing during the recovery period, I feel like you know, I was doing like a, such an unhealthy way to operate an instrument. I decided to go, you know, visit Mick Markehi and... Oh man, he helped me a lot. He didn't tell me what to do. He's just like, oh, why are you here? You know, like, um, um, I'm not here. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm here for, you know, I need your help. Oh, what can I do for you? I'm not looking for like, you know, some like, you know, solving opportunity, kissing your ass, you know, someday like I can play the Chicago Symphony. No, I totally forgot how to play trombone. Can you help me? That's the exact word I said. Mm. I totally forgot how to play trombone. Can you help me? And like, oh, yeah, you know, I have, you know, I'm quite experienced helping people. It's a scary. If you have like chop issues, you know, you don't know what to do. You're so disoriented. You get, you know, nervous. Yeah, it's a scary. So let's play together. And he plays some beautiful, beautiful, most beautiful trombones I've ever heard for a long time. He just pick up the trombone. He just play like a B flat. You know, and I go, cool. After, you know, after me, and we did like a two hours. I was like, oh my god, like <laughs> this is what is going on here? So weird, but I felt great afterwards. So that was like a way big wake up call. Like he got you out of your head a little yes. bit. You know, you know, he didn't tell me what to do. He just like, we all can play together. You know, we are always looking for the golden sound as easy as possible. One note at a time. I was like, I'm still telling myself every day, one note at a time. Yeah, I wasn't doing it at all. I discovered so many things during the process of the recovery. Uh, everything I was doing like in the wrong. I was, everything, I was so rash. I, you know, my ego kind of hindered uh, my my recover as well. You'd be quite surprised how many 
you know, legit trombone, orchestra trombone, trombonist in this country, or like an old world, had to go through the same kind of issues. I was really surprised. Uh, the first step, you know, if you want to be back in the field, if you want to uh, be the recovered, fully recovered, the first step, you know, I would recommend to do it is talk to people. Yeah, don't hide the problems. It's okay. You know, we are a human being. So we, we are, uh, when you're in the school, you don't have to worry about that problem because, you know, your teacher is there. You know, yeah, there's so many teachers can help you. And also, like, almost like the personal trainers you have when you're in school. But out of school, you're on. You're on. You know, you, you have to take care of yourself. You have to be, like, your only personal trainer. And you have to be, a, you know, a voice trainer, whatever. So, well, I mean, you know, when we're in school, it's, like, okay to have these questions and okay to be insufficient because you're supposed to be. But when we're professional, exactly. we're supposed to have all the answers, but exactly. it doesn't quite work like that, does it? <laughs> no, my, I was, I was really surprised. Like I said, you know, I forgot everything. You know, I thought I, I knew everything about a trombone. I knew everything about a lot of things, but I forgot everything. Yeah. It's, you, I was, uh, you'd be so amazed. I really didn't know. How did I make this far? You know, I won like a Metropolitan Opera audition. I, I won the principal job audition like the Seattle Symphony. And after 15 minutes surgery, I forgot everything. I didn't know how to play the trombone anymore. Wow! I made the CDs. I was really, I was, I was proud of myself. What I have, you know, have done, achieved my life with the trombone, playing the music. Forgot everything. Disoriented. Just wiped away. Just, just disappeared. Wow! And I. And I imagine there was a lot of stuff in your playing that you maybe didn't need to think about or didn't think about as much. And all of a sudden, now you had to figure out how you did some things that you didn't. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, self-conscious thing. Also, like you said, like in the Western, it's totally right. You know, my position was a second trombone on the mat. I was the busiest, you know, orchestra, one of the busiest orchestra members, you know, at the mat. Because uh, they are, you know, when I was there, like they are assigned you, you, you could not pick what you want to play. Basically, like, you know, I was very stuck. Uh, all the big productions, of course, I did. You know, one, you know, one day I did the Electron, uh, Nosarome and Valkyrie in the same day. Uh, that was brutal, and I didn't have any single service off for nine straight weeks. Yeah, because you know <clears throat> when I, you know October November, we had a lot of Sunday concerts. Besides the Carnegie Orchestra concerts, you know uh, the some gala concerts, extra competition at the Met, you know uh, national council mm -hmm. uh, competition, the Richard Tucker concert, Carnegie Hall. They added extra Sunday concert. I can't remember exactly, but like, I remember. You know, the nine straight weeks, I was there all the time. I was, I, that drove me crazy. Yeah, the commentary is a really tough place to be, but the hardest thing for me in the plan on the mat was I had to practice. Even though I'm sitting my ass for like eight hours in the pit, but it's not enough playing. You know, you know it. Yeah, and then every sure. time, the older suddenly you have to play really serious stuff. Like the Valkyrie, second act of Valkyrie. If you're out of shape, you, can't, you cannot make it. You know, all the soft entrances, you know, the corrals. And uh, and the end of the good drum you have to have, like, you know, Bruckner chops as well. 
Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, yeah, it's just a really hard job, you know, just very, very hard duty to do it. But I was just playing, playing, playing. Also, that helped me. Uh, I was second trombone player, surrounded with great, great players. Also, like a Lincoln Center, you know, looking at the next door, there's all the, you know, the trombone legend is, you know, making trombone noise. So, you know, it's... I mean, like a surrounded, you know, if you look at a you know, big city like that, you know, you're surrounded in you know, a good environment to play trombone. I'm not saying, again, I'm not criticizing Seattle, but I became like a principal trombone. I, you know, I have to be more like, I don't know, example? You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm terrible at example, uh, but <laughs> yeah, all, all of a sudden, just like, you know, oh gosh, you know, I have to... I have to be the example. I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> so, so that's what like a little bit of culture gap between the playing a second trombone and a great orchestra. All of a sudden, all right, you do it. You know, you show us how to do it. And that was a little bit challenging for me. You know, here, yeah. Do you ever miss just being in that role, like mentally? Well, it's the second trombone. Actually, yes. Uh, I love playing a second trombone. Yeah. Because I my tone fits better in the second, you know, rather than principal. I, of course, you know, when I was you know, younger, I was striving for, like, a, you know, to get a principal trombone job in the symphony orchestra. But now, I'm a second trombone. Because you can just enjoy a little bit. You can make... This is kind of misconception people think, especially among young players. Look at, you know, all the great orchestras in the world. Every single one has the greatest second trombone player in the world. So, you know, if right before I left the mat, uh, a couple of people came up to me, like, you know, hey, man, just, you know, every time you come in here, you know, uh, yeah, what is this? Uh, orchestra sounds better. I was like, nah, no way. That's a, just, no, just, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, you have to tell me that. It's impossible. No, seriously, you know, orchestra sounds better. You know, I'm just playing a second trombone. Or, you know, you know, you know. Do you know that? You know, do you know the what's the difference between the first and the second trombone? Yeah, we noticed that. You know, it's, even librarians said that. You know, like you know, Cole, You know, every time you come in, just you know, orchestra sounds a little bit better. <laughs> I said, I I didn't quite get it, but after I became like a principal trombonist, that makes sense. That makes sense because you know, second trombone. If like a second trombone. You be able to create, you know, like a lot of core, beautiful sound, kind of a magnet. All orchestra go towards to him, you know, almost like a center of the core of the orchestra intonation. Does it make sense? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And how much better do you feel when you when you trust the second trombonist? You know, oh, so easy, and they just make you make your job. So yeah, easy. exactly. So like you know, of course, it's it's getting better every time. You know, uh, me and our you know second trombone player. But he was, you know, former principal, so that's what a kind of big transition for me, for him. And uh, for me, it's a totally you know, reverse because you know, I used to be like playing the second trombone, you know, you know, bigger sound is better, bigger sound is better. <laughs> now I'm playing the first trombone. I don't think like my first trombone playing is sometimes not helping the second trombone either because you know I always tend to play a little bit wider sound. Because I like it, number one. Number two, also, like, you know, our concert hall is a typical the West Coast concert hall. You know, a little bit brighter, a little bit boomier, you know what I mean? So, you know, if you're trying to play, like, a too, you know, direct, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound, like, an atrocious. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So I have to play like a little bit darker than I want to play. So I said a little bit for the for the low brass uh, section. It's a little bit you know, extra effort, yeah, for for them. But you know, you have to do what you're gonna do. You know, because you know we can't make we can't announce that excuse to the audience every you know uh, before every single concert, like opera house, uh, due to the yeah. oh yeah right <laughs> yeah. That always gets me, like when they like come out and like, just so you know, our our soprano has a cold today, but she's gonna give her her best effort, and the whole audience is like, oh, oh. It's just like, I wish I could announce to the audience that, I'm like, you too. Know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mister uh, Mister Principal Trombone Player, like he just had a surgery, but he decided coming tonight. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was you know that's what hurt, but uh, after. You know, I you know made some adjustment on my embouchure and talk to the people, uh, talk to the right people. Also, like you know, seeing the Mick Marquette, that helps a lot. I mean, their word didn't come through the director into my you know brain, you know, when I was younger. But now I really, I I, I appreciate more all the legend, what all the legend said in a masterclass or in the book, whatever. So I I think I understand much better. So it's kind of cultivate, yeah, I would say. So, but uh, yeah, I spend more time doing the fundamentals because we during the, especially during the pandemics, because I discovered, oh my god, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't blowing through more this note. Oh my god, I was, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't supporting with my ear. Well, before the pandemic, something like that, just a little thing. So uh, the, before the pandemic, like everybody else. I was too busy. Yeah, I was busy and trying to uh, finish like my schedule, trying to be as active as possible. But all of a sudden, it stopped. But of course, you know, during the summer, last summer, I was very depressed. You know, all the you know uh, what's going on in the world. But now it looks like it's getting better. The one good thing, you know, positive thing I would mention during the pandemic is. I found really the true friends, you know, true important thing in my life. Also, like I had more time to practice, which is nice, you know. Yeah, and that, it sounds like you've made a real positive from it. So, <laughs> just a few few final questions from us. First one: what, what what's your favorite composer to play? <sighs> There's so many. Yeah. Well, of course, I miss Mahler. You know, Mahler is so great. I had a chance to play in the Mala three, maybe three or four years ago. I didn't do a good job because I was still, you know, warning about my chops rather than playing the music. You know, I think if I had a, another chance to play Mala three again, I think I can do a better job. You know, in terms of like how to understand, you know, how to, you know, send a message to the audience. You know what, you know what, really composer want. You know, not a hundred percent, but you know, I have a better idea. I'm physically capable represent his music better than before because you know my chops works better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My chops work better. I love Brahms, of course. And my favorite recording and Brahms Fourth Symphony is uh, the Vienna Philharmonic, all the Vienna Philharmonic, and uh, Carol Scriber conducts. You know, ah, mm -hmm. uh, so good. The first movement, I can, I can hear. It, you know, I can listen to that. Like, you know, thirty times a day. You know, that towards the end of the first movement, the French horn is taking active up. You know, like, you know, the, the, um, the recap come back with the, the large orchestration. 
in the French horn goes the ting kong king kong king kong king the string is called and the French horn goes yeah I was yeah and if you listen to like you know with like you know with a score and what a bass line kong king king kong king kong kong look at trombone section just sitting there but yeah the Brahms I love Brahms of course I love uh, Rachmaninoff the Cero Sonata I love it also like a Rachmaninoff like a symphony beautiful and piano pieces of course uh, I miss I love Verdi Opera not an Aria one yeah like Mm. I I don't like like an Aria like a later one is so good Otero yeah mm-hmm. and the puccini just a simple melody yeah some of those hotel licks like that you know we sweat those excerpts but then you like play in the in the orchestra and it's just like like that big chromatic mm-hmm. scale it's just like unison yeah, exactly and like the just like the whole orchestra's playing it's like exactly there's so many great things are gonna happen i would yeah, I miss the point. You know, I, I'm not missing the playing an opera. You know, let me rephrase. After pandemic is over, I want to do the. Kind of, I have a bucket list. You know, before I die, I want to. I want to spend. I don't know how much is like you know this is going to cost. You know, front row seat at the Metropolitan Opera. I want to sit there. You know, I have never done before. I walked there like a ten years. I never sit like in a front row because you know during the uh, during the rehearsal you can't do that. You know, uh, because all the production teams are checking, uh, and all the you know you're not supposed to sit in a front row in a house and during the orchestra rehearsal, whatever. I want to do that. I want to visit ballet. I want to. I want to. I want to check it out. You know, the Nutcrackers. Yeah, that's a, such a beautiful production you guys have. Yeah, yeah, it is. I would like to watch it. You know, I would like to watch it. Yeah. So, I love the Tchaikovsky, of course, like everybody else. You know. You're totally cheating on the question. You're supposed to just pick one. You're just picking all the good composers. Uh, how about a Phil Collins? Hey, there you go. <laughs> I still get hyped up every time. Great drum fill. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like awesome. You ever do the thing where you time it with New Year's? Like, if you they, if you set it perfectly for the drum hit to, to hit oh right God, when I'm gonna try it that. Starts. That sounds awesome. Oh, my God. Go, 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 go. Happy New Year! Yeah. <laughs> Someone figured out the timing one time. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like somebody's gonna do it. Yeah. Like they have a great horn section, though. You know, Phil Collins. I heard the. Uh, you know, he takes care of like a uh, uh, good take care of like a musicians. Yeah, good I like man. that. Yeah, good. that's I, good for him. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for having so, me. Are, you, are oh, we, we done? We have more <laughs> questions, man. Yeah. Oh, we have a couple last. You're questions. not done yet. These are rapid fire, so you, you can do quick answers. Okay. Ad- advice to your 18-year-old self. <sighs> Practice more skills. Yeah. Yeah. Fundamentals. Yeah. Also, uh, hmm, I would say tell your parents thank you more, mm-hmm. I would say. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now, yeah, because I don't have... I wouldn't say luxury, but you know, I don't have like a capability like, to visit my parents every three months now because of a stupid pandemic. So, 18 years, me, all right, 
Yeah. Yeah. Just to talk to your mom, talk to your dad more often. You can do it, but sooner or later,、uh, they're not, you know,、uh, with you. You know, you don't have a chance to like, talk to them. And also, like, find your true friends. I still talk to my high school buddies,、uh, which is great, especially like during the pandemic. You know, just like, you know, when was the last time you pick up the phone? Like, I made the phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. Always text, right? Like a little chat. But the hearing their voice is such a priceless, I would say. Yeah. It's something that you think that students don't do enough of and should do more of.、Mm, right now or in the past? General. General, I would say like urban. <laughs> Urbans? <laughs> Urbans more, you know, articulation studies because, you know, some people, yeah, do the old book of the urban, right? Arpeggios. You can, you can, yeah, you can, you can name it. So, like, I was more like a Bordoni guy because, you know, I believe in myself, like, my articulation's good, you know, but which is, Not true. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so lazy about like, an articulation study. Like, I, I wish I did more. Somehow I was, you know, I was, you know, got away from that. You know, Hungary much, no problem. You know, the William Tell, no problem. When I was younger, I just got away from it. So now I kind of feel like、uh, I'm paying a、uh, price a little bit. Well, Ko, I know one sentence in Japanese. Nani, nani. Okay. And, Say it. And, and, I'm, and I'm just curious if, I, if I'm saying、mm-hmm. this right. All right, so. Will, will you marry me, please? <laughs> I like how you put please at the end of everything. It's just oh, yeah,、like. because you know,、so, you know, kind of insecure. So, like, oh, am I. <laughs>、uh, no, now, but、uh, let me talk to my wife first.、Uh, my boss.、Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't necessarily a proposal. Yeah. You have a nice house. What, what kind of trombone you have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, I, can I move in? No, you have a treadmill. Yeah, it could be just a business arrangement. It doesn't have to be a love marriage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Contract. Don't ask, me, don't ask me why that's the only phrase I know. Yeah. Before, <laughs> can, I, yeah can I have an、like, American passport? That's why. You know. <laughs>、yeah. I think Sebastian spent too many times in those soap rooms in Tokyo. Oh my God. Oh, s o p r a m Oh my God. I can co each. I was just looking for advice on my, on my accent, but now this is taking a turn. Oh my God. You know, yeah, just、uh, going too far now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, but thanks so much, man. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, to hang out and we got to play together. Uh, all of us, once, once we get down to it, sounds like you're going to get to hang the whole week.、Uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm, Or, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally free. Like, I totally feel like a John Romero. Like, I never met him, but I'm a big fan of his, you know, his work. Yeah, he's, he's a monster. Oh, he、uh, you know, he's, he's a beautiful player. You know,、yeah. I mean, that's amazing.、We're、yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. This podcast is kind of like, you know, like, oh,、uh, dark. <laughs> no, no, not、yeah. at all. No, it's honest. Yeah. Well, because, you know, Like I said, like I said, like, you know, if, you,、uh, if you believe you're having problems, you know,、uh, the child problems, or, you know, just, I don't know, it's anxiety problems. Yeah, just like talk to people. You know, I did not have any anxiety problems until I have the child problems. You know what I mean? So I still have to deal、I、with、didn't. it. You know, I still get to once in a while just get depressed. I, I, I get scared. But now, actually, like this front pandemic, I would just say help. But I had more 
you know, time to look at myself. Yeah. So hopefully, 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 like the next time I perform in front of people, I don't, I don't suck. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I, yeah. have, I have a lot of confidence to do just fine. Oh, come on, man. So yeah, just everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I still, I try to tell myself every day, every single day, you know, like what Mick Marquet, he said, one note at a time. So, and Great. I just said, trans- yeah, I said, which is true though, you know, like one note time, you finish it completely with a beautiful quality sound, then you can move the slide. Then you don't have to worry about like, a slide technique anymore because, you know, you are tasting, smelling, and feeling every single note. I think that that's very, very important. Also, like, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I've been telling my students, uh, sometimes they take a lot, they get so depressed, one day at a time. And my favorite bartender say like one drink at a time. <laughs> that's true though, you know, because you know, I mean, like that's what I can all just like the drinks that were consistent. You know, we paying for it. Also, Mister Marquet, he gave me great, great advice. You know, I didn't ask him, you know, to give me advice. He was just a talking, talking, talking. I was just falling in love, just listening to his voice. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I was having a problem, like, you know, coming in a soft entrance, you know, especially like a higher register, mid-high register. For example, planet. Boom, beam, boom, boom. And that's when I get scared oh, uh, to uh, death. The Neptune? Uh, I think it's Neptune. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful choral. You know, you, you know, if you're playing a prin, uh, Prince of Trombone, you have to deal with it all the time. You soft, E natural, soft, E flat, whatever, D sharp. The one time, like, Mick Marquette, like, Mr. Marquette, he told me that, like, okay, Co, yeah, you know, fake con is better than real panic. I was like, what the hell? Whoa, yeah, what, I love yeah. that. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I, I don't get it. Just like, you know, just the next time I pick up the horns, oh my God, I'm playing for fake calm it worked <laughs> i'm, I'm mm. doing it every time every time i play like an or a scary entrance i do like a fake calm is better than real panic i'm using that it works it works yeah so like i can breathe better yeah i don't have to re you know do the stupid ambush setup before you know the fake calm you know, just like, you know, just like, you know um, um, I just like do the fake imagination. You know, camera is right here, so you have to look like a po- keep the poker face. I'm trying to do. Also, he said, you know, average time of the breathing for the trombone player. Average time is two seconds. I was like, two seconds, really? I was like, <laughs> we yeah. both breathe. We just yeah. inhaled. <laughs> Actually, it works too. Yeah, don't rush. Taking you know big breaths all the time, yeah. Anyway, sorry about like a long. <laughs> I mean, I've been talking. No, a lot. it's great. <laughs> oh, great little gems there. No, it's great. It's, it's so, great. I, I, all this opera talk, I'm thinking it would be great to do like an opera section class at the. Oh retreat, yeah, let's do it. Experience. I have a whole. Little. Yeah, I have a whole set of the uh, the ring cycle part. Also, I do have. Oh, Paul is gonna be so pissed because I do you know who has original Roger Smith uh, bass trumpet in C part. You you have it. Yes. Nice. Yeah, they gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, they gave it to me. David Langwitz gave it to me. You you know you deserve to have it. That's what's man. That's what like a the, 
the biggest gift I got from during my like a metal project over a ten year. So you know, like do I, all that tra transposing and all that. Yeah, of course. And the history is everything there. Nineteen sixty seven, Von Kalian conducted this or something like that. Yeah, Roger Smith played that part. You know, and uh, David Langer to use that part, and so Paul only got to use that copy part. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, he holds it very close to his heart. <laughs> yeah. I have original. Uh, <laughs> yeah, next time I show you. Yeah, awesome. Hey, Sebastian, do you know what's better than interviewing Koichiro on the interwebs? I can't imagine, but what? Seeing Koichiro in person in two months. That's right. We're going to yes. see him soon. Actually, no, we're going to see him at ITF, aren't we? Oh, is he? Oh, he's going to be there too. Wow. I think so. I'm not sure. No, I think you're right. And this is definitely going to be one of the tromboniest summers for me. I'm usually, you know, our retreat is like trombone enough for me. I usually don't go to these festivals. Not that I have anything against them, but it's just, you know, not always my thing. But I'm I'm actually kind of excited to to do all this this summer. So you've heard of Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> <laughs> don't sleep on Tromboni Summer. Tromboni Summer. Is that is that our new hashtag? Or hot hot trombone summer? Hot trombone summer. That's good. That could that could work. And so everyone just submit photos to us of like your trombone out in the sun or just looking really sexy in a photo and we'll, we'll share it on our Instagram stories. Or maybe just blowing tones into the woods. <laughs> that sounds a little awesome. Lonely. <laughs> Great talk. <laughs> yeah, it was cool talking to him. I don't, you know, I don't think we've ever hung out in person, so it's it's going to be great. You know, he was at our online trombone retreat last summer, and honestly, I was blown away. You know, he talks a lot about, you know, he, he, he talks down on himself a little bit about certain issues he has with his playing, but man, I heard nothing of the sort when I, when I heard him play and hearing his warm-ups. He was just so on top of everything, super in shape, and such a good teacher, and could play anything on the horn. It was just... One of the more solid players I've ever heard, honestly. Yeah, kid can play. I mean, what what more can you say about it? He sounds awesome. No, I'm I'm happy that he. I didn't. I mean, I guess he's mentioned to me that that he's had some chop stuff in the past and that he's still kind of struggling with it currently. I mean, not as much as he was. And as worst point, it sounds like. But I'm you know I'm always glad when people open up about personal problems like that because I think it shows to you know people that are up and coming trying to overcome their own problems that hey there's people that you look up to that have dealt with the same things as you have maybe not exactly the same but you know they've dealt with problems it's not just all been gravy for them i think that's it's not maybe not universal but it's probably more common than people might think and so it, it was good good for good of him to really go down that road i appreciate that yeah, what what's always more impressive to me is not someone that just achieved all these things and, and, and never had any struggles or was just everything was always great. I think it's more of a sign of a person's character of, you know, when they did have those huge roadblocks, how did they respond? You know, I, I think that shows much more about a person. And, you know, we 
people that listen to the podcast regularly, I mean, every person we talk to has had some road bump at some point. Yeah. And, and what made these people special is like they didn't let that define them and the passion for music kept them going. And I think some of the most inspiring people to me and some of the most successful people I've ever seen are when things don't go well, they get excited, they smile, they 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 see it as a profound learning opportunity much better than even being successful sometimes is getting some clear dose of reality but you know how you respond from it you know says so much yeah it's uh you know it's interesting i've talked to colin about his injuries we did as well obviously on the on the previous podcast and uh now talking to co and there's other people i won't mention them because i certainly don't want to make their their struggle public unless they want to go there themselves but there's other many people I've talked to that have had similar issues. I I've talked to my friends and stuff like that. I haven't been super public about it, but right after I won the ballet, I started having this issue with my own playing where I like, if I was really practicing, working hard, the whole left side of my face would go numb when I played and it didn't affect my performance. Like I was able to get around the horn. Like I normally do. I was able it did like it didn't seem to be coming through the bell, but it was really concerning. You know, of course, I started thinking, "Well, do I have Bell's palsy or something like that?" And you know, that was cleared up pretty quickly. That no, I don't have that. And I started seeing massage therapists, and I started seeing um, physical therapy, and then I saw a neurologist and all this stuff. And and then I heard about this doctor in Baltimore that Co mentioned when we talked. Do uh, doc, Dr. Uh, Dr. Schulman, I think that's his name. Oh, I hope I get that right. <laughs> and I, uh, the ballet was playing at Kennedy Center. And so that Washington, D.C. to Baltimore is not very far. So I scheduled an appointment. It's only about an hour to Baltimore. And I went between a rehearsal and a show. And, and he knew what I was coming in for. So he cleared some time for me. And, you know, what was interesting about that, by the way, is that he, he told me to bring my instrument. And that was when I was like, oh, this guy is different. Because all the other doctors didn't even think about that. And he wanted to make sure that it didn't have something to do with my posture or anything like this. But long story long at this point, I, it turned out to be TMJ problems. Hmm. And when I was playing a lot, I was engaging my, my jaw and you know, all the muscles that control the embouchure. And can you say what TMJ stands for? Or, Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. Or like what it is for, for people that don't know what TMJ is. Blank, blank joint. I can't remember. <laughs> the it's the, um, it's the, uh, basically at your cheeks where the opening and closing part of your jaw right there. TMJ just refers to that joint right here where, where the, the jaw opens and closes. But when someone says they have TMJ, it's just simplifying. They mean they have problems with the TMJ. They have problems with usually tension in the, in the, in, in the area and Tem tempo, temporomandibular joint. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Um, I should know that since I, I struggle with it. I still struggle with it by the way, but mine, I think I clench, I clench my jaw when I sleep and mm -hmm. I, I subconsciously clench my jaw just walking around. And so it was a mixture of exercises that he gave me and, being conscious of when I'm clenching my jaw to try to release it. But even still, like during the always during the winter, almost every year, 
I have to take off a couple shows because my face starts going numb again. And the only way to reset it is to take some time off, do the massages, go see a massage therapist and really try to release it. But you know, I'm lucky in the sense that even though I've struggled with this, it didn't really affect my playing, but it's really disconcerting when your face is numb while you're playing. I can't imagine. And so, you know, I started thinking like, okay, is this it? Like, am I, am I going to wake up one day and suddenly not be able to play? And, um, you know, luckily knock on wood, I haven't had to go down that road, but it's, it's, it's comforting when you struggle with something and you hear from other people, oh yeah, I struggle too. You know, even though my struggle isn't nearly as bad as Koichiro's or, um, Collins, it's still a struggle and it's nice to hear people be open. Scary. Yeah. Very scary. So that's my story, man. And yeah, well, I'm glad that's that's helped you so much. And I know some people have reached out to you that have gone through similar issues and, and you've been able to help a lot of people. So that's, that's really, really cool and turning into a positive. Yeah. It's funny. It's, you know, I've, I've told some of my friends and they've met people and like teaching master classes that say, Hey, do you have anything for jaw pain? And they're like, you should call Nick Schwartz. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I've gotten random. <laughs> that sounds calls. like you're a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me in the alley. And, and bring a lacrosse ball to rub on your face. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's got to it, be a lacrosse ball. Tennis ball is too big. Yeah, not hard enough. So, yeah, it's been interesting that that's kind of opened up some doors of meeting new people. And you know, I'm not a doctor for sure, but I can tell you what doctors have told me at least. Yeah, and that makes me think about. I mean, a lot of people are are starting to get back to work a little bit. Some gigs are trickling in, and I know for some people they're they're still having to be patient, and waiting. And all I can say is just hang in there. I think things are trending up. But what I'm noticing, and this was the first week, honestly, where I honestly had something every day, and it's probably the most playing I've done. And we've talked about it. nothing imitates. I mean, you can practice all the time at home, but nothing imitates having to do the actual job as far as what's required and and playing sometimes. And I would just emphasize as we're ramping things up, especially if if you've taken time off or, you know, you weren't playing as much this past year, just really make sure you do things the right way. Cause this is the time to get injured when you're coming back really quickly and jumping into these heavy programs. So just make sure you're doing all the stuff you know, you should be doing and you, you know what to do and warming up properly, warming down, not pushing things before you're ready, that kind of thing, till you can get back up to to a hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. I'm. Uh, I've been actually pretty pretty motivated these days playing some trombone. I'm in a hotel room at the moment, so I've been playing a lot with a practice mute in good old St. Louis. St. Louis, exactly. Yeah, Why I mean, are you there? Um, because my wife is a international superstar. She is. She is conducting the Opera Theater of St. Louis for a month, and then she's doing a program with the St. Louis Symphony. And I, I had never been here before. Uh, St. Louis, your city is absolutely lovely. It's a really great town. I didn't realize you'd never been there. No, and it's it's funny, Sebastian. You'll appreciate this. When I got here, I was talking to my friend who uh, she plays cello in the orchestra, and I said, "Hello." <laughs> I was saying, "Yeah, St. L- a lot of the vibe of St. Louis reminds me of Pittsburgh. It's kind of like." a medium sized city, it, but it has a lot going on. Like it's, it's active. It's alive. It's not perfect. I mean, no, no, every city has its problems. I understand that, but it's affordable, you know, really easy to get around. And 
then we started talking about the difference in size between the cities. And I was like, I think they're about the same size. And I look up on the list of U.S. cities, and St. Louis is one size bigger than Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. It's, I think it's the 45th biggest city, and Pittsburgh's 46. Oh, um, that's crazy. So I was like, wow, my assessment was very accurate. That was accurate. <laughs> Are you going to see our friend Amanda Stewart? Yeah, we've uh, we've been in touch. We're going to um, figure out a time to get together. Uh, I think we're going to play some duets or something, maybe some quartets. I don't know. Nice. Um, I'm also going to meet up with Jerry Pagano, the bass from the St. Louis Symphony. We were just chatting this morning. Um, Fantastic beard he's got. Yeah, he he definitely, um, I, I can learn a thing or two from him about the beard. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk to him on the podcast sometime. Absolutely. For sure. But speaking of like kind of what we're talking about and man, I mean, it wasn't our goal to read these emails, but we're getting some of the most thoughtful messages and it means a lot to us. And, and we just want to say thank you. And we wanted to share a couple of these. This first one, I'm not going to mention his name because, but he wrote, hi, John and Nick. I just finished listening to every episode of the podcast and I wanted to say thank you for putting it out in the world. I've been really struggling with my mental game for years, since about halfway through my DMA, and after listening through all of your interviews, I feel like I'm out of my rut and ready to work positively and with focus again. Hearing the stories of your guests and your own perspectives has helped me feel less alone and helped me think through in a positive way my goals for the future and how I want to fit in the trombone community. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Who knew trombone players could write such eloquent emails, right? I know, right? Yeah. Like complete sentences. It's definitely not any of my college students. <laughs> not not my studio. They they know they know better, but some of the emails you get from co- every college professor, it's it's like my personal soapbox to teach college students how to write emails. It's not a text message. Yeah. yeah okay, don't don't get me started. <laughs> I think we've talked about that before. Um yeah. and actually one other one, we have a success story. This one from our friend Jonathan Kraft. Hi, Nick and Sebastian. I want to thank you guys again for your amazing podcast. Thank you. A few weeks after I sent this first email, I won the audition with the U.S. Army Ceremonial Band during the pandemic. I cannot tell you how much your podcast kept me motivated and juiced up for that audition. Without being at school in person, there was a huge void in my trombone life. And if it weren't for the Trombone Retreat podcast, I honestly don't think I would have won the spot. Every time you guys talk about your students just coming out of school, feeling sort of lost, it felt like you guys were speaking directly to me. It's crazy how everything came together, and I just wanted to let you both know how much your podcast meant and still means to me. I have a lot of episodes to catch up on after basic training, so thanks for that too. I hope to meet both of you someday in the future. That definitely deserves an air horn winning a job. That's fantastic. Congratulations, Jonathan. Big big congrats. That's awesome. I, I... don't think we can take as much credit as you're giving us, but it is very much appreciated that you think of us that way and think of our podcast that way. You know, you, you did the work, let's be honest, but it's, it's always great to have some sort of motivation and hey, I'm, I'm humbled that we provided that motivation for you. I mean, one clear takeaway is listen to the trombone retreat podcast, win gigs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's step. It's really a to B, you know, direct correlation. <laughs> Jonathan, we couldn't be more excited for you. And yeah, definitely. We got to, we got to meet up sometime in the future. Good luck. I, I replied to your email and you're going to be working with one of my best friends who plays principal in, in the Pittsburgh opera, but is also in the army ceremonial band with you on horn. And it sounds like a really 
that job's interesting because I mean you're playing, you know, mainly funerals and, and ceremonies like foreign dignitaries, heads of state showing up. And I, I remember talking to a friend at one point about like I was just imagining, you know, you're playing funerals all the time. And I'm like, that I imagine that takes some sort of, you know, emotional toll at some point. Or does it feel monotonous? And he had such a, a thoughtful answer and he was like, you know, I don't I don't feel that way at all actually because I'm making one of the most important days in in someone's life and in their family's life special and beautiful and meaningful. I mean, yeah, of course, it's uh it's important. It's yeah, it's definitely grim a lot of the time, but you know, it, I think having that perspective on like it's an honor to do so and it's a very unique experience. I mean, what you're doing even in the music world, I mean, who can relate to that experience of being able to do that? for important people. I have a friend who does uh, a similar job in the army band, the, basically the same position. And I think this is army band. Yeah, this is army band. Oh, I thought you said air force. I'm sorry. So I have a friend who does that same job but on trumpet. And he said, this might be good advice for you. Uh, when you get into this, the number one thing to concern, to, to worry about in the moment after you play, you have to stand around, you know, you have to stand there while the funeral continues and, and wraps up is to not pass out uh, hmm. because, you know, especially in the summer, you're wearing these really hot polyester or wool uniforms. Don't lock those knees. Don't lock your knees. And he says that sometimes you'll see someone kind of wobbling and, oh, no. and you, you, like the, someone, you can't talk really, but they'll start whispering, come on, pull it together. You got this, you got this. And the reason is if you pass out, even if it's from locking your knees or a little bit of dehydration or something like that. You have to go to medical for the rest of the day. And, you know, cause most of the time in those situations you pass out, you just need a cup of cold water and to lay down for a little bit, but you have like the rest of your day you're in a hospital. So, Hey, don't pass out at, at parade rest. Okay. <laughs> that is great advice, Nick. <laughs> hey, um, that goes for everyone. Don't pass out. Bad idea. Th- yeah. And, and get that, get that plastic mouthpiece for those hot and cold. Oh days. yeah. No kidding. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. If you want to leave a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, we may answer it on the podcast. Follow us at Trombone Retreat on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, and our website, tromboneretreat.com, where you can learn all about the 2021 Third Coast Trombone Retreat, with our first deadline being June 10th again, and our final deadline being July 10th. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at tromboneretreat.com, as we love hearing from you. On Instagram, follow Nick at BassTrombone444 and myself at JS.Barra. And as always, never forget when the times they get hard. Grab some Dunkaroos. (laughs) Put on some SPF 30. And make sure to retreat yourself.